It was good to um, refresh the art of sitting, the skill of sitting. The way we uh, generally these days use the body doesn't uh, encourage it to sit very well. It encourages it to do exactly the opposite. You've got to remember the time of the Buddha, chairs are very rare. Maybe a king might have one. But mostly you would just be sitting on the on the ground, sitting on a raised platform, um, no backrest. And if you uh, grow up like that, then your body shapes itself to accommodate very well the sitting position. And uh, then that's very good for meditation, because of course you can sit in a chair for meditation, sure. But the important thing is not really whether you sit in a chair or not, it's whether you have your back properly adjusted and your abdomen and your chest open. And uh, the normal um, ways in which our bodies are shaped by furniture and seats and so forth is to not do that. The body chest sinks on the belly, the back rests back, and the uh, gentle curve of the lower spine is lost. It should curve in, not uh, not hard, not firmly, but lightly curved in. Um, this is not just a matter of aesthetics, but this particular um, curve of the spine is part of the structure of the spine, which is rather like a very gentle S shape, like a, a snake, a very gentle curving shape. And this particular shape of this structure is developed over time to particularly support the human body <coughs> where a lot of the weight is coming down from the ribs, the chest, the head, this massive bone coming down and you've got the legs and, and the spine is connecting the two. So the spine has to convey or transmit the weight of the upper body down into what's beneath it, into the floor, the seat or whatever. Mm. Now it does that by maintaining this gentle curve in the lower back. Yeah. And that gentle curve has the effect of giving a slight angle on the rib cage. The rib cage just slightly tilts back. Yeah. It slightly hinge, just slightly hinges back and you tell the difference because when the chest hinges back the abdomen feels open, no pressure. Now, so the, the weight of the chest and the head is not being carried by the soft tissues of the abdomen, but in fact by the muscles of the lower back, which connect to the big bones of the pelvis. If you're standing, that connects to the floor. If you're sitting, it connects to the legs. No pressure in the abdomen. No pressure at all in the abdomen. <coughs> so that's the purpose of that particular gentle bow shape is to take the weight off the belly and put it down onto the bone. So obviously if you think about it, it makes a lot more sense if the weight is being carried by the bone than by the intestines. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it? And also because the intestines are a huge amount of nerve nerve tissues 
in the intestines. There's more nerve in the, te- in the intestines than there is in the spine. It's like a third brain. One brain in your belly, one brain in your heart, one brain in your head. And the brain in your belly is all the v- various nervous uh, wires and channels operating in this region. And if this is, feels healthy, you feel very um, steady and you feel <coughs> lack of fear, secure, fearless. Because this area in the abdomen is to do with the response, particularly the response of automatic response of fear or panic. So if you get a big shot of fear or panic, get its grip in your belly, and then your heart starts pulping. The first thing is the grip that occurs in your abdomen. That's because that's the the nerve center that deals with fundamental animal-like safety. You know, if that if we feel threat, that will tense up. And if we feel no threat, we feel open, no threat. No threat, no pressure, no agitation. Now, obviously, uh, as, um, as our lives have developed over time, we no longer need to fear lions and tigers because we've killed most of them. And <laughs> few we keep behind bars to look at. Um, so we don't really have a lot of animals to fear. But we do have created lots of creatures to fear. There are automobiles, you can fear those because they can just totally merciless take your life at any moment. And of course, there's a lot of human beings we can fear (laughs) who may not necessarily kill you, but could certainly insult you, blame you, manipulate you, seduce, rape you, uh, bully you, um, humiliate you. And although these, these things, you know, some of them are psychological, but we still get that same sense of fear, insecurity. Um, so much so that um, you know people eventually almost grow up with that experience of a slightly nervous quality, and they don't quite know where it is because they feel it's in their mind, and they think their mind is somewhere outside the body, which, to a certain extent, that's true. Part of it is, anyway, seemingly. But part of it, the basis of it, the emotional basis of it, is, well, I would say in the body, but certainly conditioned by bodily reflexes. <coughs> so when you sit, you want to sit so you feel really safe. And you may think, of course I'm safe. Hmm, I'm fine. And you go down into your belly and you think, you really? You feel really loose and open there, no pressure. Yeah. You accept it completely as you are, everything's fine, nobody's going to laugh at you, uh, think you're a bad meditator, you know, you feel totally accepted and comfortable. It takes a while. And particularly if you've been in conditions, situations where that isn't the case, so you've grown norm, it's gone, you've got used to being, you might call it shy. Shy doesn't sound like fear, shy sounds quite cute really. I'm a shy person. 
Yeah, I'm a quiet person, shy person. You go underneath it, it means I'm slightly frightened. <laughs> yeah, of making myself be seen. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be noticed because it makes me feel nervous. So this is residual fear. So what does it take? So if you begin to hold your body in such a way that this part of your body becomes open, then you can sense, does my breathing easily flow, easily can I breathe all the way out and let it just go? Relax it completely. Don't concern myself with ever breathing in. Just really let it go. All the time in the world, pausing in the out-breath. Letting the in-breath happen by itself. And strangely enough, this isn't necessarily the case for some people. You know, as they're breathing out, they're kind of getting ready to breathe in. There's no hurry, but it's become established as a reflex. To breathe out completely is too vulnerable, too, exp- too open. So got to get ready for the next in-breath. So the next, the next, the next, the next, the next. And this makes mindfulness of breathing itself rather stressful. Particularly if you have an instruction like maintain unwavering mindfulness on the inhalation exhalation, as soon as you hear a word like unwavering, unwavering mindfulness, you oh, start to get a little bit tense to make sure you get it right. You get it right. As you're breathing out, make sure you, you've got to prepare yourself for the next in-breath to make sure you get it right. Because you don't want to get it wrong. So even as you're breathing out, you're, something is you're getting ready to breathe in. And you're breathing in, you're getting ready to breathe out. And you try, am I doing it right? Am I getting it right? Should I, I need to do something to get it right. What do I need to get it right? Perhaps I need more, this, that. What do I, what do I have to do to get the breathing so it's nice and smooth and calm and steady the way it should be? How can I do, just relax, stop, stop, stop doing that. Prepare to get it wrong and relax till it eventually settles. So these right and wrong have big fear qualities to them. Reflex of fear. Getting it wrong. You failed. You got it wrong. You are somebody who gets it wrong. Everybody else is getting it right except for you who can't do this and are getting it wrong. We disapprove of you. (laughs) Oh dear. You don't do breathing, you let it happen. So this posture helps to just focus on the posture, on on the sitting, don't think about it. If you can't feel it yet, don't worry about it. <coughs> Wait till you get to feel comfortable. Mm. Wait till you get to feel comfortable and wait till it begins to come to you. Wait till you begin to experience it. If you don't experience it, that's okay, it's not ready yet. 
you haven't prepared the ground yet. What is the rest of the ground? The ground is the sitting, the attitude, no pressure, it's going to happen to you, you are breathing, let your mind be less intense about getting it right, more receptive to actually what occurs and how to support that. So you can moderate your posture with your lower spine because it's the part of the spine that's the most flexible part. So you can bend it in, you can push it all the way in, you can relax it, and you play with it, you push it in, you can feel how it lifts your chest, pushing in, it lifts your chest and it, it flows up your back and it, shoulders rest back. You push it all the way in, you can almost drop your shoulders, you can form a, a curve. That curve will travel off your back and you can even draw, let your head draw back. But you don't want to do that, but you can play with it. That's full on. And then just relaxing a little bit. Till you come to a nice balanced state. What's the next area? Next area is the chest and the heart. Now if the lower spine is holding the body correctly and you begin to relax, change your attitude to one of receptivity, cultivate releasing your shoulders chest can open up and the chest then receives the breath or the breathing the real power behind the breathing rests in the abdomen because this, this is where the breathing muscles are low down the chest doesn't do very much at all it just expands it's not a pump the belly pushes and gently pumps, chest just opens up to receive it. Mm. So when you, as you're cultivating, you keep that receptive attitude, allowing the breathing, the breath to enter and open your chest. It means you've got to be pretty relaxed to allow that to happen. And uh, this cultivation encourages the diaphragm muscle to also relax. You're not pulling your breath in. It can be a reflex to pull your breath in because you're in a hurry. So when you're in a hurry, you have to you know, be more willful, put some pressure on, okay, get extra breath running or something like that, the diaphragm gets more active. Breath meditation is associated with relaxed diaphragm, no willpower, no pressure, no push, no hurry. And how does that occur? You feel, you let yourself feel the swelling 
in the abdomen at its own rate. And you just wait and notice a certain point in which your chest automatically starts to respond, open up. You've got to rub out the ideas you may have about breathing going up and down. That's to a certain degree that's true because you can feel a sense of a shift from the abdomen to the chest. But actually the uh, process is more like a sphere, a sphere, a globe, a ball. So your belly opens up like a big ball and it begins to squeeze and gradually creates a ball in your chest which opens the back, the sides and the front and lifts it slightly. And mostly it's an expansion. Mostly it's just the expansion. Now of course if you take a super strong breath then the chest will rise but you don't want a super strong breath. You just want a complete relaxed full breath. What does this do? Well, well, it also touches into the, uh, another brain we have, the brain we have in the heart. We can call this the emotional brain, <coughs> though they all have a certain emotional quality to them. And this area is not to do so much with um, sheer uh, survival or safety, but it's to do naturally, as you'd imagine, to do with warm feeling, relational comfort. Yeah. We feel open to the presence of others. Mm-hmm. Unlike most creatures, we're on two legs, so we meet each other face to face, front to front. Right? Dogs just meet each other nose to nose. <laughs> That's their way of saying hello. No, we don't do that by and large. So the quality of the of the centre of the heart is the sense of opening to welcome other people or to receive other people or in fact receive life in general and feeling free to do so. Now if you feel safe then you're more likely also to feel open in your heart. So the signal from the abdomen comes up into the heart, yeah? You need to open up. And you feel strange enough for no particular reason, apparently, you just feel a little bit warmer. I call it warmer, um, more loving, more sympathetic. It's not passionate, it just means you uh, feel friendly. because the emotion is associated with the body. And you notice, of course, that uh, by and large, you don't necessarily see it, but particularly in crowded situations, people tend to be rather pinned. 
Their arms are close to their bodies, they're pinned in. Slightly, we call it body armour. Because there's a lot of sense impact happening as you just walk down the street, the sights, sounds, cars, traffic, noises, crash, bang, people, this, that, and the other. So that's a shielding effect because of just the sheer amount of random input which is not sympathetic to you at all. It's not necessarily hostile, but the lights don't care. The sound doesn't care. It's not trying to meet you. It's just bam, 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 bam. And so there's no need for heart. (laughs) Uh, And after a while, when there's, you know, you're moving past a thousand people, also you don't really have a chance to, or need to, or even want to connect to, this closes down. So we become strangely heartless. Because this area, nothing there to, nothing there to feel, nothing there to be friendly to. You can't be friendly to a traffic light. Well, you could, but it wouldn't respond. You know, try to be friendly to someone in a uniform. You could do, but they probably don't have time anyway. And say thank you, bang bang, next please. And that's so. It's kind of ooh, well, closes down. And often we are just hurrying, closing our chests to get to the next thing because sensory impact affects us. But then, of course, the problem is when you sit and meditate, this area is extremely important. Heart intelligence is extremely important to give you encouragement and guidance and sensitivity. Without this, we tend to get our sense of good feeling from sense impact. Taste something, eat something, drink something, watch something, listen to something, talk about something, get an idea going. That gives us a little bit of, you know, buzz. Uh, So just to be sitting in a warm-hearted state is rather unusual for people. Um, so myself, because I, I travel quite a lot, I'm often sitting around in waiting rooms or departure lounges, something like that. Um, sitting there, I've got nothing particularly to do. And perhaps everyone around is looking at a screen or a book or a paper or something, or filling in a form or eating something, drinking something, or you know, we're human beings, I mean, how are you? It's difficult to make contact, you're not even certain whether it's okay to make contact. And it's not that they're bad, it's just that that quality of heartfulness is not <laughs> encouraged. But then you notice when there's nothing to do but just sit there, people can't do it. They have to get, keep being busy with something. You read the magazine, which is rubbish, 
Uh, you drink the drink, which is rubbish. You look at <laughs> you look at the news, which is depressing. Play some music because it needs some feeling. It needs some feeling. Uh, and the feeling that could come from just sitting comfortably in a warm-hearted way it becomes uh, inaccessible. Can you meditate just sitting comfortably in a warm-hearted way? <laughs> Without anything particular to be doing. Maybe you could turn a few thoughts over, like, oh, that was nice, or remember so-and-so, or I hope my uncle is okay, or... Yeah, yeah. You know, pleasant to be with people being quiet is nice. Uh, you know, just uh, steadying my mind, feeling how the body is, just feeling warm and comfortable with no particular deadline to get to. And in sense of sense of just the enjoyment of being conscious, sensitive, no particular deadline. Or do you create deadlines? Got to get to this state, that state, this state, that state. How do I get to that state? Hurry up and get to this state. I'll never get to that state. Yeah. And then this kind of turbulence of worry and doubt and, in, and inadequacy. The inadequacy. And you hit that mood. Inadequate. Can't do it. Can't make it. Can't do it. When you touch into that mood, you know you just got to go into reverse gear. <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to do that you can't do? Well, stop trying to do what you can't do and see if you can return to what comes naturally. Sitting, feeling, start to check in with if you're safe relaxed bring up impressions of um, that remind you of your heart of where you feel grateful mm. where you feel um, admiration where you feel those qualities that other people can bring you and where you feel the wish in yourself to bring something back I'd like to make the gesture of warm-heartedness to so-and-so, so-and-so. Thank you. Or remember them with kindness. You just start to massage the heart intelligence. <laughs> and you can do it. And you use that to take the heart out of its still stagnation or despond. You can care. So waking up these two brains, the lower brain, the middle brain, and using your, your back to help support the bodily aspect of it. And of course you have the third brain, much overused, the thinking brain, the organizing brain, tends to be 
overuse the point of exhaustion <laughs> because you've used it so vigorously most of the time it's now pretty exhausted so it just goes in this duh state <laughs> when there's nothing really to plan and figure out we try but sometimes it goes through periods of either exhausted or it jumps up and starts planning and organizing things, people, situations, the future, what this means and that means. And it goes through that running around and then, oh, meditating, oh, right. What's that? All right, right, quiet down. Let's see what's going on. What's going on in my body? And then the head tilts over as it tries to see what's going on in the body. And the head tilts over. You feel strangely stuck into something. We're trying to witness what's going on and organize it and get it sorted out. So the energy is coming up into the head. The head is tilted over, lost the posture, and then we start to get into obsessive thoughts. Well, if you know what the, what's happening in your breathing, don't go into your head, because your head's not breathing. Go into your trunk of your body, feel what happens there. And right there, right there, intelligence is there. It's not just up in your head, it's right where it happens. That's how it's happening, because the body knows what it's doing. There's intelligence that breathes. It breathes quick if you need more air, it breathes slow if you need less air. If it feels frightened, it restricts the breath. If it feels happy, it relaxes the breath. It's, it is sensitive and intelligent in itself. You don't have to think about it. It does it whether you notice it or not. So you say, maybe this, this is where the intelligence should be, in this area. Now if I just try to let my head, how can my head rest? Well if I just prop it like on top of the spine, like hanging a hat on hat rack, you know, pop, put your hat on the hat rack, hat on the hook, just sit up there and be quiet. <laughs> I'll let you know when I need you. Just sit, just hang up your head on a hook somewhere, on the top of your spine, feel strange to be just hanging there doing nothing then sweep down your neck into the spinal column oh feeling it feeling it feeling it it's all connected it's all connected that connectedness of the head to the body certain quiet Vitality and strength begins to occur because your spine's not distorted. Quiet, gentle vitality, quiet, gentle strength. We look at the Buddha, that's exactly what his posture means, isn't it? It's quiet strength, it's, uh, you say, dignity. And then you draw your body into that. You become Buddha in your body whole body and that becomes present for you you sit with that enjoying it 
skillful state, enjoy it. Mm. The quality of the embodied intelligence is it can enjoy itself. It can get happy in itself. It can get happy because it feels healthy. It can get happy because it feels balanced. It can get happy because it feels an easy flowing energy running through it. In other words, it's happy in itself. It's not happy because of doing something to it. It's not happy because of having something added to it. We can get happy because we are given something, we get something. We can get happy because we achieve something true. We can achieve something, we get that burst of happiness. We can get something we want, we get a burst of happiness. How long does that burst last? We don't enjoy, we enjoy the, the item. It could be success, it could be a gift, it could be wages, it could be a new... We get happy because of a thing. But the happiness of embodiment is not happy because of a thing. It enjoys itself. I am happy. <laughs> this is happy. Because I'm not... Nothing is distorting. Nothing is crushing it. Nothing is disturbing it. Therefore its nature is happy. And as the Buddha recommends when you your body feels calm and relaxed, your mind is happy in this particular way, happy in itself. In its own presence it's happy. This happiness in its own presence, he says this is samadhi, collected, the energy of the mind is collected into itself, not onto something. We don't concentrate on a particular thing. We don't even concentrate on breathing. We're mindful of it. You could say you concentrate on it if you like. It means you're, that's your primary preoccupation. But samadhi in this sense is not concentration in that sense. It's the result of sustaining, being able to sustain fully embodied breathing if you like not just breathing it could be meditation on the elements whereby the body's harmony comes becomes apparent therefore it is happy therefore the mind is happy happy mind is collected not running out not fidgeting not preoccupied not planning the future not concerned with getting things right or wrong. It just puts aside all these notions. It's not sluggish and stale and unwilling and exhausted. <laughs> yeah. and so therefore his energy is nicely balanced. Now this is the uh, quality that we um, 
uh, we're encouraged to work, cultivate, get skillful around, skillful in terms of body, skillful in terms of attitude, skillful in terms of persistence, skillful in terms of goodwill. So these, all these mental, emotional and physical qualities bind together. This binding together is what we call sama, samadhi, or right, collectedness, right, concentration. And in doing so, you've not just got to a good state, which is true, but you've also discarded particular, you know, habits and um, obstructive places in your body and in your heart. If you keep those clean, cleared out regularly, not just your meditation, but your life will be much more sane, steady, balanced, because you know where your happiness lies. And you've begun to dismiss the demons of sense, passion, and uh, demons of fear, and not getting it right, not being good enough, and this kind of aversion we can have to ourselves. You've dismissed it. That's just a phantom that comes from imbalance. So cultivate. There's no way you can be kind to yourself because there isn't a self to be kind to. But you, <laughs> you can work patiently and generously with particular specific obstructions and connect them to your bodily disorder or numbness bring them bring awareness and energy to that softly softly relaxing it sympathetic to its stress and bad feeling there and it will gradually clear and clean and you know the hand just through the property of patient kindly awareness that's a powerful lesson to learn about all our habits and stuck places and unpleasant mental states this is embodied steady patient awareness of that embodied steady patient awareness of that if you can feel it, breathe through it. If you can feel the quality of breathing, bring your breath through these difficult places, bring that suffusive, expanding, rhythmic, calming energy into these places. And it will certainly help to clean and purify the difficulties that we face. Anyone? <coughs>